Hello, hello. This week I'm going to focus on chapter five of Black Perspectives called Black Student Success Models, Institutional Profiles of Writing Programs. Uh, this week we look at what the Black Student Success Model is and we get into the topic of Afrocentricity and the history behind that pedagogy. I'm excited and I hope you are too. You're listening to The Center. This chapter is written by Stacy M. Perryman-Clark and Colin Lamont-Craig. Each chapter is written by different people, so I want to make sure to give credit where credit's due. And in this chapter, they define the Black student success model and conduct case studies into three universities that apply the model to their first-year writing programs. Now, I won't be getting into those case studies in this episode, but we will discuss them in later episodes. Right now, I want to take a deep dive into the Black student success model. The model was created in response to the, quote, framework for success in post-secondary writing, end quote, created by the Council of Writing Program Administrators, also known as the CWPA. The framework lists out principles that define college readiness, including, quote, focus on rhetorical knowledge and versatility, critical thinking, writing processes, etc., end quote but the framework misses out on the opportunity to include, quote, students of racially and linguistically diverse backgrounds in a way that explicitly affirms and celebrates dialogues that students bring with them into the classroom, end quote. So essentially, the framework is Eurocentric. Perryman, Clark, and Craig's Black success model is rooted in Afrocentricity. They specifically cite Dr. Malefe Kete Asante's work on Afrocentricity, and from there, they come up with the three guiding principles behind their Black student success model. The first principle states that, quote, Afrocentric pedagogy materials are placed at the center of the curriculum, end quote, meaning that students are able to learn, write, and work through the lenses of African thought. So African thought is the center. The second principle states that, quote, programmatic assessment measures are designed with Black student success in mind, end quote. What this means is that the model is specifically focused on getting rid of racism in writing classrooms by, quote, eradicating racist assessment practices first, end quote, and replacing them with the model focused on including Afrocentric pedagogy and directly challenging racist ideals within writing classrooms. The third and final principle states that, quote, successful writing programs understand that they can implement Afrocentric pedagogy and anti-racist writing assessment practices and still support all students, end quote. This can best be explained in Carter G. Woodson's work called The Miseducation of the Negro, which I encountered while reading Elaine Richardson's book, African American Literacies a book that's mentioned as a partial contributor to the Black student success model. In Richardson's work, she references Woodson, and she says that Woodson argues that the education system is failing Black people because the Eurocentric model reduces education to, quote, a form of training designed for the uplift of the dominant society, which inadvertently works to the demise of the oppressed people in the society, end quote. Richardson expands on his idea to say that the education system is still failing Black people and everyone else, which is why this model is urgent for everyone. In addition to this, earlier on in the Black Perspectives book, in the introduction, Perryman Clark and Craig note that, quote, 
racial demographics are changing in higher education, end quote. They reference various studies into the demographics seen in higher education, and they reveal that there is an increase in the number of Black women enrolling in higher education and a decrease in white male enrollment. This makes looking into the model even more urgent. The authors state that this model is something that should be used as a starting place for writing program administration, not necessarily the final say. So keep this in mind. We're going to look at the model at work in the future, but I wanted to take an aside to talk about what Afrocentricity is. It's rooted in Afrocentric ideals, but what exactly does that mean? When looking into this, I began by looking at the history of the word, which led me to the article, Constructs and Dimensions of Afrocentric Education by Kempt G. Shockley and Rona M. Frederick. Afrocentricity has roots in Woodson's work, which is from the 1930s, but multiple scholars expanded this work in order to contribute to today's definition of Afrocentricity. Shockley and Frederick go into extensive detail about who these scholars are, but I'm only going to discuss one, Dr. Asante, who is essentially the father of Afrocentricity. In the 1980s, he wrote the book called of course, Afrocentricity. Dr. Asante has a website, asante.net, where he goes into quick detail about it. And according to him, Afrocentricity asks, quote, what natural responses would occur in the relationships, attitudes towards the environment, kinship patterns, preferences for colors, type of religion, and historical reference points for African people if there had not been any intervention of colonialism or enslavement the African subject within the context of African history, end quote. With this in mind, he concludes that the Afrocentric method has five characteristics. Now, I'm just going to read these characteristics from his website directly. There is a lot here that he says very well, and that's why I think directly quoting him will be beneficial. So here are the five principles. Quote, one, no phenomena can be understood adequately without locating it first. Two, phenomena are diverse, dynamic, and in motion, and therefore it is necessary for a person to accurately note and record the location of phenomena even in the midst of fluctuations. Three, the Afrocentric method is a form of cultural criticism that examines the history of the uses of the words and terms in order to know the source of an author's location. For the method seeks to uncover the mask behind the rhetoric of power, privilege, and position in order to establish how principal myths create place. Five, and finally, the method locates the imaginative structure of a system of economics, bureau of politics, policy of government, expression of cultural form in the attitude, direction, and language of the phenomena. End quote. So what I've gathered from these principles is that Afrocentricity is about location and history what that means in today's context, and what that says about power. The method can be applied to anything, literature, podcasting, and more importantly, writing classes. So this makes me wonder what makes Afrocentricity different from Eurocentricity, other than the obvious. And this question can be answered by examining how each method is structured and what each method chooses to focus on. In her article, Decision-Making in Eurocentric and Afrocentric Organizations by Trina L. Daniels, she specifically focuses on these differences. Now, I will take a quick aside to say that her work focuses on organizations, not explicitly education, but I found her work to be useful in examining, examining the differences between these two fields of thought. Her research summarizes an Afrocentric organization 
as one that has a philosophy centered on, quote, supportive care for the group, communal team orientation, power spread to everyone, collaborative decision-making, interdependent staff, work centered on a sense of excellence and cooperation, end quote. And a Eurocentric organization as one that has a philosophy centered on, quote, large profits, hierarchy, individualism, quantitative output, and competition, end quote. With these in mind, why would the Afrocentric method be good for writing classes? Well, from everything I've learned this semester, first-year writing programs are more beneficial when they treat a student like a student rather than a number, when they incorporate peer reviews into their classes, making the writing process more collaborative and interactive, when they emphasize the overall improvement of student writing rather than a standardized ideal. It seems to me that in general, writing courses are beginning to shift knowingly or maybe even unknowingly towards Afrocentric ideals due to research exposing how harmful past systems are and how beneficial these new ways of thinking can be. Before we conclude, I also wanted to look at some critiques of Afrocentricity. In Elaine Richardson's book, African-American literacies, she notes that some scholars see Afrocentric education as separatist. Now, I looked at scholars outside of her work to explain this in a little more detail, which led me to Michael T. Tillitson's work, A Retrospective Analysis on the Movement Against African-Centered Thought. And he notes that scholar Arthur Schlesinger Jr. believed Afrocentric education would lead to, quote, tribalism, end quote, in America. But Tillotson pushes back against this idea, noting that, quote, many very successful groups in America make sure their children know their ancestral lineage, while at the same time encouraging them to realize the promise of America, end quote. This proves that it is possible to honor your heritage without going into separatist ideals. And um, remember, at its bare minimum, Afrocentric pedagogy is about location, history, acknowledging the past, and what that means for where we are today. Richardson also points out that some scholars think that the push for Afrocentric education means the complete eradication of some of the better aspects of Eurocentric education, which isn't true. Richardson notes that this pedagogy functions as an, quote, expansion of the world's knowledge base, end quote, expansion of all knowledge bases in the world, not just the Eurocentric one. In other words, it's, quote, a push for multicultural education, end quote. There is an issue with viewing this pedagogy as a threat rather than trying to critically engage with it. People who try to quickly dismiss the work highlight how deep white supremacy is in our education system. They think that, quote, any knowledge that doesn't fit within the paradigm, that being the Eurocentric paradigm, is discredited, end quote. So the main thing I want you to take from this is that the Black student success model is rooted in Afrocentric pedagogy. The model has three overarching principles that call for one, the inclusion of Afrocentric pedagogy into the curriculum, two, the revision of assessment measures based on that pedagogy, and three, recognizing that Afrocentric pedagogy can include everyone. The model can and should be applied to first-year writing classes, but in the future, we will examine what exactly that looks like. Thank you all for listening. This week kicked off the research and pedagogy the podcast is rooted in. I have a lot of references this week. Hopefully in the future it won't be as much, but Afrocentricity has a long, rich history that I think I needed to explain further. Next week, I have the pleasure of talking to Dr. Stacey Perryman-Clark. This week, my research, in order of appearance, 
comes from Chapter 5 of the Black Perspectives in Writing Program Administration book by Stacey M. Perryman-Clark and Colin L. Craig, and Chapter 5 is labeled the Black Student Success Models, Institutional Profiles of Writing Programs. Uh, the next thing I reference is from Aline Richardson's book, African American Literacies, specifically Chapter 6, Dunking It Out with the Powers That Be, Centering African American-Centered Studies in Students in Traditional Curriculum. Next, I reference Jeffrey A. Snyder's work, Progressive Education in Black and White, rereading Carter G. Woodson's Miseducation of the Negro. His work helped me understand Woodson's work um, a lot, just kind of getting my footing in that literature. Uh, next, I also go back to the introduction of Black Perspectives in Writing Program Administration, again written by Stacey M. Perryman-Clark and Colin L. Craig. After this, I reference construct, Constructs and Dimensions of Afrocentric Education by Kempt D. Shockley and Rona M. Fedrick. And then I reference Dr. Malafe Kete Asante's work, Afrocentricity. I look at his website and what he has to say about Afrocentricity. And after this, I reference the article Decision Making in Afrocentric and Eurocentric Organizations by Trina L. Daniels. Then I reference Michael T. Tillotson's work, Retrospective Analysis, The Movement Against Afrocentered Thought. Yes, that was a lot. Um, thank you all for listening. I'll talk to y'all later.